This is Bill Woods up here in Sun Valley, Arizona, and I want to do something that's politically incorrect today. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, and I hope that you are finding the joy of remembering what Christmas is really all about. To celebrate, I'm going to talk to you today about the topic, if it's Christ's birthday, who is the fat guy in the red flannels? I read in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When my oldest daughter Tammy was just a little girl, she would try to, to quote that, and she would say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten Son. And I would try to say it was begotten, but you know she was right. Because the God's Son has been forgotten in this celebration, has been forgotten in our world today. Someone thought they ought to give a birthday party for their friend John. Several others liked the suggestion, so they began planning for it. Many people showed up for the party because it was going to be a lot of fun with a lot of eats. About halfway through the party, someone said, where's John? Everyone said, well, I thought you were going to invite him. No one had invited John to his birthday party. They said, oh, well, we're having a lot of fun. Who needs John? Two women were having lunch in an elegant hotel, and they were approached by a mutual friend who asked the, what the occasion was. One lady replied, we're celebrating the birth of my baby boy. But where is he? asked the friend. Oh, said the mother, you didn't think I'd bring him, did you? What a picture of the way the world treats Jesus at Christmas. Christmas is supposed to be Christ's birthday when we praise him for coming to, our, to be our Savior. Today we filled Christmas so full of reindeer, sleighs, and little fat men in red flannel suits, tinsel, toys, wild parties, alcohol, drugs, tension-filled shopping, stress, financial pressure, until Jesus Christ isn't even thought of anymore. Me, I remember, you know, several years ago when we were living in Stevenson, Washington, I went over to the Dallas, Oregon, because I wanted to find a nativity set that we could set up in the church. And lo and behold, I looked in several stores. I never found a nativity set. I found old Santa Clauses. I found sleighs and reindeer. I found all kinds of things. But nobody had a nativity set, and I remember how distressed I was about that. What in the world happened to the precious baby born in a manger? Somehow Christ's humble birth has been reduced down from the wonderful message of God becoming man to save us from sin to a legendary little story dripping with fictional ideas. Many people accept the nativity story the same way they accept stories of Paul Bunyan and Jack and the Beanstalk. We filled the stable with drummer boys, talking animals, even a fat Santa kneeling over the manger. Isn't that how Satan works? He doesn't care if the truth is known as long as he can compromise it, as long as he can make us think different thoughts than what the real truth is. You know, we've drawn God's wonderful story up in, in cartoon form and wedged it between Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and then we wonder why people don't think more of Christ at Christmas time. There was a 
comic cartoon that showed baby the baby in the manger and it was the caption said Jesus the red-nosed savior some would even say he glows I was offended that was put out by uh, a, called over the hedge by Michael Fry and T Lewis I believe God's gonna probably talk to them about that one of these days the National Education Association NEA has made it politically incorrect to sing religious carols or even recognize Christ in the public schools. When we lived in Pullman, Washington, the home of Washington State University, the school district made a ruling that children couldn't even sing Christmas carols on the playground because they might offend some of the foreign students' children that didn't celebrate Christmas. That even included Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Grandma getting run over by a reindeer. Our granddaughter Ariel taught school in Phoenix, and the very same rules applied that nobody could mention Christmas. Isn't it time we give Christ back his rightful place at the center of the Christmas celebration? It's time to spend more effort in praising God for sending his son. Someone will say, well, December 25th wasn't really his birthday. It was a pagan holiday celebrating fertility rites. So why should we celebrate that? Well, I'm not celebrating that, to be honest with you. I'm celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. We can't know for certain the exact date of his birth, but we can recognize the wonder of God's love in sending a Savior to save us from the terrible penalty of sin. Really, it's Christ's death and resurrection, not his birth, that made our salvation possible. But we couldn't have his death on the cross without his birth in the manger. What we celebrate is the total life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, showing us once and for all time the supreme love of God. What in the world ever happened to the Savior on the cross? Many people are willing to accept the story of the baby in the manger. They're willing to stand and ooh and ah and say, isn't that just wonderful? but they're not willing to let Christ grow up. There was a little five-year-old girl that her folks had taken her around to see the decorations, and, and for three years in a row, they'd come to this one place where they had a nativity scene. The little girl said, Mama, he's still a baby. Didn't Jesus ever grow up? You know, that adult Christ is too demanding on our lives, and so that's why we like to keep him as a little baby. But I want you to know he did grow up. He lived a perfect life. Then he poured out that life for you and me on the cruel cross. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. He invites each of us to confess our sins to him and repent of those sins and live for him. Luke 9.62 says, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, the joy of finding Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and experiencing the peace that only he can bring to a heart that's been forgiven of sin. You know, some people are so sick of themselves and how they live, and some families are having so much trouble that it looks like the happy home will never be happy again, maybe not even a home again. The problem has gotten worse during the pandemic lockdown. There's been much more child abuse, much more fighting and 
everything because everybody is so high-tempered at being shut down or shut up and, and not being able to function and uh, unemployment has is, is gotten worse and people's businesses are shut down and people are just worried. Jesus Christ came to this world to help people hurting from sin. I want you to know people who know Jesus Christ are not reacting quite the same way as the rest of the world in this pandemic emergency. Jesus can forgive every sin and restore one's self-respect. He can mend hurts and heartaches that sin has caused in your life. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, the joy of knowing that I have been cleansed from sin and I'm part of the family of God. Jesus Christ is the answer to all human need. Let him grow from the baby in the manger to the Savior in the world, to the Savior in your life. The world is lost and really doesn't know it. I remember my dad used to belong to the American Legion, and he went to the American, one of the American Legion meetings uh, one night around Christmas time, and, and then later he found Christ as his Savior. And his comment was, I guess I was lost, but didn't know I was. You know, that's the way a lot of people are in the world today. They're lost, but they don't realize that they can be found by Jesus Christ. Well, what in the world happened to the Christ in the tomb? Jesus Christ, the baby born in a manger, grew up to be Christ the Savior on the cross. While they took him down from the cross and put him in a tomb, where he only stayed three days. Imagine the ad that came out on Craigslist, if Craigslist would have uh, uh, been around back and then, or, or the uh, ads that were put in the uh, newspaper, slightly used tomb for sale or lease, only used once and only for three days, brand new condition. You know, uh, I was thinking about... Uh, something that happened. Uh, my dad had died, but he had gotten somehow mixed up. He, he was sick and a little senile at the time. He got mixed up with, with uh, some psychics. And I remember the psychics were saying, Jack, this is going to be the very best year that you've ever had and all this kind of junk. Well, dad died in that very best year that he ever had. And I remember the psychic kept sending bills to my dad and said he was going to uh, turn him over to the bill collectors if he didn't pay his address. And they wanted to know his exact address. And so I remember I took that uh, uh, cemetery lot address uh, where it was out in the cemetery and I sent that back. I said, some psychic you are. This man died. Here is his current address. You know, Dad's body is still there. But you go to Christ's tomb, and there's nothing there because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Listen to me. Jesus Christ, God's Son, is alive and well today, and he stands at the right hand of God the Father, ready to forgive all who call upon his name in repentance. He's ready to lead, direct, and help all those who want to serve him. I hope that you found Jesus as your personal Savior, or if you haven't, I hope that you will repent and accept him as your Savior so you understand what I'm talking about. 
Jesus is ready to bring peace, love, and joy to the sin-sickened world lost and plunging into an eternal hell. But not just the world. It's more personal than that. He died for you and me, and he's offered the plan of salvation for you and me. That's God's gift to us, to you and me. God so loved the world. He sent the best Christmas present in all eternity, his son, Jesus Christ. Christmas could have so much more meaning for all of us if we know Christ as our personal Savior. Christmas is so much more than that fat guy in the red flannels or the red-nosed reindeer or the sleigh or all that the world is talking about today. Christmas is a time we should remember that God loved us so much he sent his son to be our Savior. Pastor Clifford S. Stewart of Louisville, Kentucky, several years ago, sent his parents a microwave oven one Christmas. He recalls they were excited that now they too could be a part of the instant generation. When Dad unpacked the microwave and plugged it in, literally within seconds, the microwave transformed two smiles into two frowns. Even after reading the directions, they couldn't make it work. Two days later, uh, the pastor, Stewart, said my mother was with a friend and confessed her inability to get the microwave even to boil water. And, and she said, to get this darn thing to work, I really don't need a better directions. I just need my son to come along with the gift. When God gave the gift of salvation, he didn't send a booklet of complicated instructions for us to figure out. He sent his son. God gave his very best to us. Shouldn't we give something back to him? Do you find the true meaning of Christmas this year? In closing, I'd like to leave a story with you that Paul Harvey told on his radio program every year for years. He said, the man to whom I'm going to introduce you was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with other men, but he just didn't believe all that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just didn't make sense. And he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. He, I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm not going with you to the church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay at home, but that he would wait up for them, and so he stayed up, and they went to the midnight service. Shortly after the family drove away, shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall, and he went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier, and then back to his fireside chair and began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, then another, and then another. Sort of a thump or a thud. At first he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against his living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They'd seen, they'd been caught in the snowstorm, and, and in a desperate search for shelter, they'd tried to fly through his large landscape window. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures lie there and freeze, so he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. 
That, that would provide a warm shelter if he could direct the birds to it. Quickly he put on his coat, his galoshes, and tramped through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the barn doors wide and turned on a light, but the birds did not come in. He figured food would entice them in, so he hurried back to the house and found breadcrumbs and sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail to the yellow-lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued to flap around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms. Instead, they scattered in every direction except uh, into the warm-lighted barn. Then he realized that they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I am a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I am not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Because they move he made tend, uh, every move he made tended to frighten them and confuse them, and he, they would just not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. If only I could be a bird, he thought to himself, and mingle with them and speak their language, then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to safety and warmth to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind, and he stood there listening to the bells, Adeste Fidelis. Listen to the bells pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. And he sank to his knees in the snow. And as the snow fell on God's newest Christian, he whispered, Now I understand. Now I know why you had to come. I hope you understand why Jesus Christ had to come. He had to come because you were lost, because I was lost, because there was no way we could be forgiven from sin if somebody didn't come and pay the price for us, because without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there is no forgiveness for sin. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He had no sins of his own to die for, and so he could substitute and die for us. And all we need to do is ask him to forgive us of our sins and repent of the things we've done. I mean, truly repent. That means a, a about face, a turning around 180 degrees and, and quit sinning and, and begin uh, living for Jesus Christ. And I want you to know, if people say, well, I don't think I can do it. Well, Jesus Christ will help you do it if you turn your life over to him. And people say, well, I'm just too evil to... To, for God to forgive me. No, Satan's never been able to put anything in your life so deep that the blood of Jesus Christ can't cleanse it and bring, bring you to a point of salvation with Jesus Christ. You can be part of God's family if you want to. God wants you to go to heaven even more than you want to be there. And this Christmas, I hope that you'll accept Christ as God's special Christmas present to you and you'll find the joy to the world and the peace that passes all understanding. I want to pray with you. Dear Jesus, I pray that you'll help each one that's listening to this broadcast today to realize that when you came to the world, it was a personal thing. Not just God so loved the world, but God loved each person in the world. He loved me as an individual. 
and these people that are listening as individuals. And his plan is to forgive us of our sins, to save us from an eternity in hell, and to give us an eternity with him in heaven forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful, wonderful present, and help us to accept it, because a present doesn't become ours until we reach out to accept it and make it our very own. Bless us, Lord, and make us a blessing to others. Help us, Lord, to celebrate Christmas and understand the full impact and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that is what I had to say today. If you need to get in contact with me, my email address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. Or you can write to me at uh, William W. Woods, Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. And I'll be praying for you. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want some prayer, let me know. And I'll pray for you and with, with you. Merry Christmas and God bless you today.